You are listening to the Sound in Faith podcast coming to you from Faith Baptist Fellowship in beautiful Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Our aim is to encourage the saints of Faith Baptist Fellowship to believe sound doctrine and to live lives that adorn the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm Pastor Thomas Lawson. And I'm Pastor Mike Johnson. And Pastor Mike, the day has arrived. Here we are. Exciting. We've we've made it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of work to get to this point. Most of it done by you. Well, it was it was a lot of fun. I have to say, when you came up with the idea of us doing a podcast, uh, I was on it. Um, It's been something that I've thought of for a while, and I think this is just a great, great, great way to do it to launch it here now. Yeah, right on. And we're both praying that God would just really use this as an encouragement. Amen. Amen. Yeah, uh, Pastor Mike, I, I just want to jump right in with a really serious question. Let's just let's just set the tone here. Have at it. How many dad jokes am I limited to each episode? I, you know, we don't have a lot of time, so <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You can you can throw in as many as you want. I wanted to come up with one real, real a real good one right there, but nothing came to mind. So. Well, we, we do want to keep listeners, so we promise not too many, yeah. uh, not too many. But both of us are dads. I think both of us like a good dad joke. Oh man, yes. or a bad dad joke, depending on how you you look at it. Yeah, right on, right on. Yeah, so I'm into coin collecting. I'm about to be into coin collecting. I think it'll be a good change. <laughs> That's about the guy the other day that I met who didn't have any feet. Mm-mm. Yeah, he was really hard to be around, but that's because I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, man. Okay, that's okay. it. We're done. We're done. <laughs> got it out of our system. We got it out of our system. We do have some great things to talk about today, uh, Pastor Mike. And uh, first, uh, we just want to really jump in. Why, again, are we doing this podcast, and what is the purpose of it, and, and, and what would you see as a win for this podcast? Yeah, so the, to the first question, I'm, uh, I think we're doing it for the same reason I'm doing uh, social media, for the same reason we try to use every, every kind of means at our disposal to edify the saints, you, you, you know? So, um, so we're trying uh, as, as Christians to enc- and as pastors to encourage people around us and we just see this as a as a great way, an easy way, an inexpensive way to really get into um, have a platform to encourage and edify and lift up the body of Christ. So, so the encouragement of the saints. And what I would see as a win would be um, if 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 Christians are encouraged, they engage. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord uses this in their lives. Um, they they give us feedback so that we would know that. I would I would see that as a win for this podcast. If you you know we're not out to to for this to be widely broadcast or anything. I mean, it's on the internet. Whoever wants to listen can. Yeah. But but to see people encouraged, to see the saints edified, that's that's our goal. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I would I would echo the same thing. You know, because things are going on on the internet, I, I know I have some friends who are going to listen to this. I know there might be other people who encounter this podcast. I'm pretty sure only my mom is going to listen <laughs> to this on my side. Um, yeah. Actually, she doesn't it, listen to podcasts, so <clears throat> not even her. Uh, I, I might have I might have a, a few friends back uh, back in Oregon where we uh, where we lived for a while, uh, but the thing is is we want people to know that our heart we're, God has called us to be shepherds of this local congregation. I love the local church. Amen. And 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 it is it is the uh, outpost of God's kingdom. It's uh, where we covenant together as the people of God to use our gifts to serve and be served. Where the gospel is preached. Where we gather for worship. And so our heart, first and foremost, is for Faith Baptist Fellowship. And if you're not from Faith Baptist Fellowship and you're listening to this, 
uh, hopefully you'll see uh, the reflection of that love coming out in what we're doing here with this podcast. And we welcome you too. We welcome you. Yeah, as well. we welcome you as well. So let me ask you, Thomas, why yeah. did we land on that? Why did we land on that title, Sound and Faith? Yeah, we were talking about several different names, perhaps for this podcast. I, I know you you had mentioned one. I know I kind of jokingly mentioned the uh, bald bearded bros, which I still think might be a good like you know put a little colon after sound and faith, Paul Peter Bros. The logo that we have would work <laughs> for that as well. Yeah. Anyway. And a, and a shout out to Elijah Myers uh, from our church for, for doing that logo. He did, did a spectacular job. But it really comes from uh, Titus chapter 2. So you've been preaching through Titus. That was uh, the first series that you started with here when you came to Faith Baptist. Mm. And... Um, uh, is, well, first of all, let me just say it, it's been a great series. It's been so rich. Oh, I as, appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. as we we've gotten into this, and I think it's really fueled our worship too. Uh, but it comes from these uh, first few verses of chapter two, where it says, "But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness." Now, of course, Paul is specifically applying that to older men there, but I think broadly, of course, we can apply that to all of us. Are, are those not attributes that we should all aspire to as believers, to be sober-minded, to be dignified, self-controlled, and sound in faith? Amen. So when you suggested that name, um, I thought that was, that was perfect. Uh, that's what we want to encourage our people to do. And it really flows into our our mission statement, if you want to call it, our purpose statement. We said this at the beginning, our aim is to encourage the saints of Faith Baptist Fellowship to believe sound doctrine and live lives that adorn the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that last part comes uh, from the end of the section that you've been uh, preaching uh, just these last couple of weeks, uh, coming to us from chap- excuse me, chapter 2, verse 10, when he's talking to bond servants, and again, this is one of these things that can apply to all believers, mm. uh, not pilfering, but showing all good faith, so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. And that's just beautiful, living, believing what is true and living in such a way that reflects that truth uh, in an adorning, uh, in, in like, a, like a beautiful adornment Amen. that we have on. Amen. So... So you're you're saying that it doesn't have anything to do with the name the name of the church being Faith Baptist Fellowship or that podcasts have to do with sound, um, it, it, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a deeper meaning. <clears throat> there's a deeper meaning, but but it does it ties in nicely to the name of our church. We're yeah. Faith Baptist Fellowship, and you know a lot of times we forget the significance of a name. There's a reason why it was named Faith 45 years ago. Um, and, and we don't know all of those reasons, they aren't recorded for us, but, you know, the, it is by faith we are, by grace we are saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, it is a gift of God. Uh, and so we recognize as, as believers the importance of God granting that gift of faith so that we might believe in Him, might believe the gospel, and have everlasting life. Amen. That's great. So, Let's let's press in, shall yeah. we? Let's think a little bit about what that means, because this could be this could be helpful for our listeners. Like, what what does that phrase "sound and faith" in particular mean? And you know, I, I mentioned the other the other week in one of my sermons that uh, that the word translated "sound" comes from the word "healthy." That we get uh, it could be translated "healthy." It, it, the word "hygiene" in English comes from that same Greek word. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so, it, and it it could be legitimately translated as healthy in faith. So, yeah. uh, sound in faith, healthy in faith. Uh, what is that? What, how would you describe being healthy in the faith? Well, I mean that the use of that word healthy or hygiene, if we think of it in terms of our physical bodies, uh, you know, to be healthy is is to be clean. Mm. It is to be fit. It is to uh, you know have good cholesterol levels and uh, good body mass and all of those things. And so, you know, we think about being healthy, we're eating the right foods, we're doing the right exercise. Uh, in, in a similar way, we want our doctrine, what we believe, to be healthy. We mm. want it to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God. We want to believe what is true, and we want to hate error and, and, and shun it, and we want to believe what is right. And right at the heart of that is the gospel, right yes. at the heart of that. And you can see that all through the letter of Titus. He, 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 he often goes to the gospel. In fact, he starts with that. You know, if you look at Titus 1, right at the beginning there, he, he says, um, an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness, and hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised mm. before the ages began, um, and at the proper time manifested to, in his word through the preaching with which I've been entrusted by the command of God, our Savior. So right away he goes to the gospel. And so right at the heart of being sound in faith, being healthy in faith, is having the right faith, a, a, a faith that's free from disease, a, a faith that is rooted in the work and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, and in the the, the reality that he died on the cross for us, that he paid our sin in full, that through him and by God's grace through Christ, we have a relationship with God, and and that's the only way. It's only by 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 Jesus Christ that we have the relationship with God. That's right, right at the heart of what sound faith is. And yeah. so, if you want a diseased faith right away, just depart from that, you know. But right right at the heart of what true faith is, is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, what then would it be? You know, if that's healthy faith. What then is being sick in faith? What would be unhealthy sure. uh, doctrine, unhealthy faith? Sure. It, you, you know, there's, uh, you could say there's one way to be healthy and a million ways to be sick, mm. you, you know, and I, I think that's the case when it comes to, to truth. There's one truth, you know, there's one way to be healthy in the truth, in the gospel, and a million ways to be. There's a, a million lies out there, one one true thing, a million lies. So, so believing that works is what um, brings us to heaven, you know, yeah. believing that we somehow merit our favor before God, or mixing mixing um, faith and works in a way that, uh, like 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 many groups do, and they say that uh, works are also meritorious and faith is meritorious, and putting those together, and 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 then God accepts you. That that leads to sick faith, and that's right at the heart of I think what was going on uh, in the local context. Uh, where this letter was written on yeah. Crete, I think there were people there who were promoting uh, a man-made religion, you know, uh, that that had its roots in Judaism, um, that you needed to do certain things so that you might be acceptable to God, and 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 not acceptable just on the on the basis of the finished work of Christ, what He did on the cross, how He shed His blood, and how His body was broken for us. But also, you need to add to that, you know, um, uh, for God to for for you to truly be accepted by God. Mm. Yeah, that's sick faith. That's sick faith. Anytime we depart from that, anytime we leave the Word of God, and we see lots and lots of sick faith today, uh, it's in our news today. Um, an article written about a, 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 
a pastor in uh, another state who has uh, departed uh, from mm -hmm. from the from from biblical Christianity. There are so many examples of that, and we have to be careful. We have to be careful because we want to be healthy. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're I, a couple of weeks ago in our uh, Wednesday night youth meeting that we had, I, uh, I, along with Josh Steber, we meet with the high school guys afterwards to have some discussion. And, and one of the themes we hit upon was, you are being bombarded in the world with lies. Mm. Uh, and not just the world, but even in our own hearts. I mean, Calvin said our hearts are perpetual idol factories. And, and so we're being bombarded with lies from without and within and in our old flesh that remains even as believers to believe what is not true. And so whether that be you're scrolling through social media and there's a constant temptation to buy the latest gadget because what you have is insufficient, or I think about our youth, uh, teenagers, uh, you know, guys and girls both struggling with, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not mm -hmm. handsome enough, I don't have the right kind of clothing, clothing, I don't have the right kind of cars. There's all of these lies that are being we're being bombarded with, and and even as adults, when we think about the just the, the the horrific nature of our world, yes, yes, we we are confronted with, uh, you know, what is going on with the uh, LGBTQ plus movement that's out there, uh, what's being taught in our schools. Those things grieve us, but we can also, in that, be tempted to believe the lie that there's no hope. And, and maybe feel that within our hearts that, oh my goodness, you know, uh, things are getting so bad, they're just going to get worse and worse, uh, that we're just going to fall apart, everything's going to fall apart. So we're, we're tempted to lies all the time, we're, we're hearing those, and it's important to root and ground ourselves in the truth right on. And, and keep God's Word central in our lives. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Uh, John 14, 6, and so the exclusivity of Jesus Christ as the only way, the only truth, the only life uh, is, is something that runs countercultural to our world, uh, not just right now, but through all of history. And, and so uh, we want to hold firm to that, we want to be sound and healthy in our doctrine and what we believe that we're holding to Christ and not believing the lies of this world. Yeah, right on. I, along with that, like... Um unhealthy, like, it's not healthy to look inward, you know, it, it's not healthy to have your gaze always inward, you know, pride is not a healthy thing, you know, there's uh, all kinds of counseling situations that arise because of pride, um, you know, healthy faith looks to Christ, it looks away from ourselves, and so I think we can be sick in faith just by being really absorbed with ourselves, absorbed with our own performance, absorbed mm. with our own failures, absorbed with us, you know, uh, to where we are thinking about ourselves all the time, and yeah, that, that, that's super unhealthy for our faith. You know, the Bible beckons us to look away from ourselves and to the Lord Jesus Christ. So can I, can I rabbit trail on that just yep. a little bit, because I think it's an important thing. Um, are you familiar with the term introspection? I think I, I think I've heard it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm sorry. I, I meant to say introspectionism within oh, okay. Christianity. Have you have you encountered that that teaching? Before? Maybe maybe explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, introspection. We know what that is. That is that looking within. That is that you know uh, constantly uh, thinking about ourselves instead of looking to Christ. But introspectionism, I would say, would be a, a very fringe doctrine. But a lot of people probably do this without even realizing they're doing it, and it's the constant. 
uh, even if you're a believer in Christ, and, and let me make sure I get the strike the balance here, because yes, we're called to holiness. We're called to pursue holiness yes, in the yes. fear of God. We're, we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. We're called to put off the flesh daily. And even to examine ourselves. Even examining ourselves. Yeah. Yes, all of those things are true. We don't deny any of that. Introspectionism, though, becomes... Uh, it, it's such a... Um, just a preoccupation with how far, f- far every day I'm falling short of of God's standard. Yeah, and and we live, we we wind up in this kind of slavery. I'm not a good enough father. I'm not a good enough husband. I I am not reading my Bible enough. I am not praying enough. And and all of those things are good to aspire to. I should aspire to love my wife more. I should aspire to love my kids more, to read God's Word more, all of those things. But when we become preoccupied with, oh, I'm so miserable, oh, I'm so awful, oh, I'm so terrible, then instead of casting our burdens upon the Lord. I think however you do that, whether it's a preoccupation with yourself and your failures, like worm theology, where you're just... Mm thinking about yourself all the time and how terrible you're doing and how short you come and all of those things, or whether you think you're killing it and you're awesome and you're mm. way better than your neighbors. You know, it, either way, it's sick. It's it's diseased. Yeah. You know, the Bible calls us to look to Jesus and be saved. Yes. You know, and that's, Amen. And that's health. It's, it's health to look away from yourselves. Uh, you know, uh, real humility is, is uh, as it was said, I think by Lewis or Keller or maybe both, um, thinking about yourself less, like thinking about Christ more, thinking about Jesus, that's that's good health, and that's uh, th- that's what we need. You know, we we live in a very diseased world. We need health. Well, you know, we, we've been talking about we we gave a definition of what sick uh, sorry what healthy faith was, and, and we've been talking about sick faith. Let me let me kind of uh, springboard from that just for a minute, if I may. How do we remain? healthy in our faith, in yeah. our doctrine. Wouldn't it be nice, Thomas, if there was a book that was written on that, that we could just read and it would tell us how to do that? I mean, I think that in an ideal world, we'd have this, you know, inspired word from God of how right. to be healthy in our faith. Oh, and we do. <laughs> and we do. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I think... I need to find a rimshot sound effect. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Uh, we, we have the word of God, and, you know, all the... All the uh, y- you use this phrase a lot, and I love it, it the, all the ordinary means of grace mm-hmm. uh, that we have, uh, the, the church and uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, fellowship, uh, the, you know, disciplines in the word, uh, discipline in prayer, those kind of things are super helpful for us to stay close to, to and, and avoid being preoccupied with self. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some, you know, real practical things is, like, spend less time on social media and more time in your word. You, you, you know, that would... I think a lot of Christians would find a great deal more health if they if they would if they would pursue that you know, um, but being being among the body of Christ is helpful. Um, thinking about other people and and trying to help other people, trying to serve other people, trying to you know read read Philippians two and and just set your heart to consider yeah. others better than yourselves and those kind of things. Uh, all that promotes health, you know. So so my encouragement for somebody who's wondering, man, am I am I sick or if I'm healthy? Man, get in the local church, you know. Get, yes. Sit Amen. under the teaching. Be be a part. Serve other people in the church. Listen to the word of God being preached. Start developing disciplines in your life, like reading the Bible in the morning, which is a great time to set aside to read the word, and do less of the things that get you into your own head. Yeah, uh, you used a word there, discipline. Mm. The disciplines of grace. 
uh, last night with our high school guys. We were talking about this very thing, and when we think about again about health, and we think about uh, being in God's Word, you know, there's a discipline to it. Mm. I don't know about you, but in my even in my Christian life, there have been days when I haven't felt motivated to read my Bible. Never had a day like that, brother. Never. Really? No, okay. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I know uh, what you mean. I, there's days where I haven't felt motivated to prayer. Mm. And, you know, when you I, we were talking with the guys last night, I said, you know, if you decide one morning, I, I want to I get ripped. I, I want muscles and, you know, I want the whole nine yards. You know, you can't just go to the gym one time and expect the next day to, to be a bodybuilder. It's, it's not going to happen that way, and likely that first day you get up and go to the gym and decide, I'm going to start lifting weights, I'm going to start running, I'm going to start eating better, um, you know, it's going to stink. It's going to be an awful thing to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and go do this, but over time, that discipline of do it, doing it begins to build results, and you begin to see fruit of that, and then that builds that motivation. And in the same way, uh, and, and Josh Stiebel actually said this, and it was so good, I'm kind of paraphrasing him here, but he said, you know, engaging in the discipline oftentimes leads to motivation. Yes. So there's those days where we might not, quote-unquote, feel like it. Right on. Yeah, you know, I, I said the other day in our staff meeting, I don't know if you recall, but we, we were talking about longing for the pure milk of the Word, mm-hmm. or the pure spiritual milk from um, First Peter, and... Uh, it, you know, I mentioned that apath- like um, absence doesn't make the heart grow fond, like we like that phrase goes. You know, absence makes the heart grow apathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, the if if I go if I'm in the Word every day and it's a, a steady diet for me and I'm really I'm really engaging with the Bible, really learning. I'm you know those kind of things, uh, and I miss a day, I feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel it like something. It's like not brushing your teeth in the morning. You something's not right. You have to go correct that. You know. But if, if, if you don't have a habit of that, you know, let's say you read your Bible on Saturdays and Sundays only, you're not going to miss it the other yeah. days of the week. You, you, you know, you're just not going to miss it because your heart grows apathetic. You know, you, you start looking for other things uh, to fill that, you know, that, that hunger in your heart, that spiritual hunger, instead of the Bible, instead of the Word of God. And so, so yeah, um, I, I'd encourage any listener to, to begin developing. I mean, don't, don't take this as a, like, another like reason to get in your head and start just wallowing in your guilt but uh if you don't have a discipline of of bible reading and those kind of things um man now's a great time to start with joy start you know uh, get a reading plan uh i don't i don't care how well you follow it but a plan helps because it, it'll get you reading you'll have a place to read every time and and start reading start reading the bible in the morning start spend 5 minutes praying in the morning um Start developing a habit of grace that will help mm. you to be healthy as a believer. You know, if we only had some kind of resource from the church where we uh, gave people Bible readings every day... Oh, but we and, do. Oh, we do. That's right. <laughs> we put we publish it both in the bulletins that go that, that are handed out, the worship um, pamphlets that are handed... What do we call those? Worship folders? Worship folders, yeah. worship bulletins. That we hand out as you come yeah. into church on Sunday. Uh, but we also publish it online. So if you go to faithsf.com, uh, uh, there's a link that says Daily Worship. Mm-hmm. Go there, and and there's a passage you could read uh, that the whole church is kind of reading together that morning, uh, uh, some devotional thoughts on it, and then a song that you can actually listen to and sing along with. 
just a just a way to prime the pump, you know, yeah. to 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 really uh, begin developing a habit of grace. And this is not a difficult way to do that. Like it's um, it's something if you start every day, and and you will see the benefits of your uh, uh, in in your spiritual health. Yeah. I, I, I uh, oftentimes have counseled people with the three Ps. Pray. Pray and ask God to give you a hunger for His Word. Uh, find a place, and with that incur- includes a time. Think, okay, this is where I'm going to sit, and this is where I'm going to read my Bible, and have a plan. Mm. A- and then as, as you have those in place, asking God, give me a hunger for your Word, I'm going to sit down at this desk or in this chair at, you know, 5.30, 6 o'clock, 6.30 whatever your life looks like, to be able to sit down. And like you said, you know, while there's no hard and fast rule that it has to be the morning, our lives and our culture are oriented in such a way that reading it is often in the morning is oftentimes the best, uh, just to get your day started with that. And, and then have a plan, and, and find a Bible plan out there. I guarantee you, if you go to Google Bible reading plans and just you know, just do that, you're going to find a plan mm. to read the Bible. Good stuff. Yeah. Hey, let me spice this up a little bit. Let okay. Me, let me ask you a, a question that... So, you know, we've been advocating here that being healthy uh, in in faith is is being connected to the Word. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's um, believing the way that the Bible instructs us to believe and teaches us to believe, the faith that comes from the Word of God, the faith that's preached, uh, as Paul says in Titus uh, 1. So let me ask you this. A lot, of, a lot of people claim to believe the Bible, but seem to have sick faith. So, mm. so can you do the two? Can you have sick faith and claim that that faith comes from the Word? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And, and here's the thing, and I think you might have alluded to this or brought this out a couple weeks ago as we were preaching through Titus. Someone can say they have... Uh, sound doctrine. Someone can say they believe the Bible and, and might have a head knowledge of those things, but if their lives do not in any way conform to that, do they really believe it? Hmm. Does someone really believe what is tr- true if their lives are not being transformed by the Word of God itself? And so there's obviously a disconnect, and we see that all the time, not just with prominent Christian leaders out there or or well-known pastors, but with believers who claim to believe the Word. You know, there's a a great story by Frederick Douglass. Well, I say great story. It's a sad story. It's Mm. a profoundly sad story. Of course, uh, Frederick Douglass, the former slave who was uh, freed and became an abolitionist, uh, he told the story of his uh, master, who was just profoundly cruel uh, and, and treated him with just the, the worst harshness. And then he went off to a revivalistic camp meeting and supposedly had an, a, a, con- a conversion experience. And uh, his life seemed to uh, reflect that. He began to read his Bible, he began to pray. And Frederick Douglass wrote, he said, I I had some faint hope that perhaps he would uh, read God's Word and and then free us, free all of his slaves, or at the very least begin to treat us more more kindly. And he said, much to his dismay, he became even more cruel Mm. and uh, would fill his days with supposed piety of prayer and inviting people over to his house, 
but yet his life toward his slaves became even more cruel and more harsh and more domineering. Uh, and so sadly, we we see that. We see people who profess the Word of God, and... I, I think Douglas is the one who said Christian slave owners are the worst, in my estimation. Yeah, he did. He, he did say that. Which is, like... Uh, it, it makes me super sad just to oh, hear. Yeah. But but I know that that's not true. I, I, right. I, I know I know at the heart of that is people who, as uh, Titus one sixteen says, they profess to know God, but they deny Him by their works. Mm, and yeah. and that's that's what's going on there. And he just he, he he didn't know that because they're claiming Christianity, they're professing to know Jesus and to follow Christ, but then they deny Him by their treatment of other people. Yeah, and we we see that throughout. Uh, the Bible, but we see that especially in the New Testament. I mean, Jesus said there were going to be sheep and goats. There were going to be wheat and tares. First uh, John talks about there were going to be those that go out from among us, but they were never truly of us. Right. So the the fact that there are counterfeit Christians should not surprise us. Should it should be expected. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's awesome. So what we're saying, I think what we're advocating is you, you need to know... You need... Uh, the, the Bible needs to play more of a part in your life than just some sort of like knowledge of its words and knowledge of its uh, its teachings. It has to transform you. It has to yeah. you, 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 you have to submit to it in such a way by faith that it absolutely and utterly transforms your life. That's a work of God, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what it means to be sound in faith. We agreed on that. Yeah, we, we totally agree. And, and if I can add one more thing, Mike, I we, we didn't d- dive into these very deeply, but we mentioned the other ordinary means of grace. Mm. Um, you alone with your Bible, reading and praying, is phenomenally important to your Christian life. It is essential. But it can't just be you and your Bible on a mountaintop, isolating yourself day in and day out. Right. We need the body of Christ. We were called to be part of this new people, uh, and, and we're going to get to this in a couple of weeks. I, I love this uh, section that's coming up next that I get to preach. <laughs> I can't believe I gave this passage I know. away. <laughs> but, you know, it, it talks about in, later in chapter 2 about Christ, Jesus Christ, in verse 14, it says, "...gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people." for his own possession who are zealous for good works. That is so good. That is yeah. so good. We were called to be part of a people. So reading your Bible, but also being in community with other believers, being part of the body, worshiping, being under the preaching of the Word, accountability, prayer, all of those things are crucial to your Christian faith. You know, I, I could tell you many, many stories of uh, true, true, tragic stories of people who've come to me disillusioned with the church. Um, maybe they've had a struggle, maybe they had a, a relationship that went sour, or they or something bad happened in the church and they became disillusioned with the church itself and decided that they would walk away from the church, but 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 they wanted to stay close to God. You know, they they, they would say things to me like, I don't need the church. I have my Bible. I have mm. Jesus. What else do I need? I can just do church on my couch on Sunday mornings with my Bible and or and on my knees in front of the couch, you know, that kind of thing. And you know, I could think, I could, I could picture a few of these conversations in my head right now. People I know, real people, um, and and not a one of them has thrived in their Christian faith as yeah. they've walked away from the uh, the church. 
God has not intended us to be like that, to grow like that. You, you will not grow, and I, I, I think I can say this just em, emphatically, you will not grow apart from the body of Christ. Amen. So, so, so don't try it. Like, why, yeah. why waste those years? Uh, stay close to the body of Christ. You know, yes, yes, she is imperfect, you know, uh, right now, uh, the, the bride of Christ. She, she has her faults, you know, she has her warts, as it were. But she is precious, yeah. you know, she is Amen. precious. And, uh, and this is the place where we grow as believers. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. You know, I, I used the metaphor during COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know every church had to do things differently around the country. Um, you know, for a while, we, we did have uh, just online for a while here at Faith, uh, and that was a really hard time. I mean, you know, it, it was not the same no. at all. And I, I told a few people, I said, this is not, this is not the ship. This is a lifeboat. Hmm. This, this is, for a moment, we need to, you know, take refuge in this uh, way of doing things in order to just have some semblance of continuity of discipleship, of of remembering who we are, but this is not the ship it's that we're supposed ship. to be on. Right on. This the lifeboat's not going to take us to our destination. The ship is, and uh, I would just encourage anybody out there listening if if you've uh, and I understand people are providentially hindered, health, those kind of things. There there are situations, and that's why we stream our services online still on Sunday. I think that's the only reason. Yeah, that's, or that's at least the main reason. I don't I don't yeah. think we we want to encourage people to think that you can do church uh, and not be a part of the body of Christ if you can be there. Right. You yeah. Know? We 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 definitely believe in our hearts that we need to be together. Yeah. Be we we should be together. We should gather. And if you're providentially hindered, we welcome you to turn, tune in yes. and. And just rejoice that the body is together, but we miss you. Mm-hmm. We want you to be with us because we want your faith to flourish, and and you also encourage our faith. Good word, brother. I, yeah. you know, I was thinking uh, as you were as you were sharing that, like I was pastoring a church in Shadron, Nebraska, Ridgeview Bible Church at the time, and we had to shut down too by governor's orders, by the orders of the state. You know, for a few weeks, uh, several weeks, there were people weeping. When we got back together and took mm. the Lord's Supper together, you know, as we partook the Lord's Supper together, there were there was there were tears because the the sense was so clear and palpable. We need to be together. We need to be together. Yeah. I, I I just have to share, and I'm not going to share the person's name because you know I think this is their story to share. But um, it was a couple of weeks ago. There was uh, a person in, in our church who had been out for a while uh, because of illness who. Joined us again for mm. the first time in a long time, uh, and this person was was weeping in the worship service mm. for that very reason. That's just so the good. joy of being back together with us again. Mm. It was beautiful to see. Oh, Thomas. So we are. Um, uh, what we want we want to encourage listeners to send in questions, and yeah. so I think we're gonna. The primary vehicle will be probably Facebook. I think you can email them too. We'll have an email address at some point yeah. if we don't already. But um, but some people did submit. I just I just posted a thing yesterday. It was a last minute thought. Um, but some people did submit some questions. You want to? Shall we tackle those? Yeah, let's jump into some of these. So we won't, unfortunately, we won't be able to answer every single question every time. But uh, yeah, it'd be great to jump into a few. Sure, things. I think we'll take two. I think yeah. today we'll take two for sake of time, just to keep this uh, within your commute or your run, uh, listener. But um, so here's the first one. This is from Delaney Lucht, um, and she 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 asked us. Uh, what got us into pastoral ministry? I'm just going to pose. I'm not going to tell my story. Maybe another time I will tell mine. Yeah. What, what got you into pastoral ministry, Pastor Thomas? Yeah, the short of it, it was being in the local church and serving 
and being served. Mm. Um, this uh, It really has its roots back um, many, many years ago, and this is long before I became a pastor proper, but the call to ministry that has led to where I am today uh, happened with getting involved in my local church. It was, uh, at that time, First Presbyterian Church of Jackson, Mississippi. Yes, I used to be a Presbyterian, um, but it was a wonderful church, uh, rooted and grounded in God's Word, and I was invited by someone in the church to be part of their Wednesday night evangelism and outreach training, uh, and it was meant to be a way to help us learn to share our faith better, and then we would share it with people in the community, we would do follow-up, and, and really through that, uh, the Lord just, just put a burning in my heart to tell people about Him and to see people grow in their faith. Uh, and so I can I can trace it back to that point. I really think uh, back in Jackson, Mississippi, and uh, it it's really the, the been a been a long path since then. But along the way, uh, serving more and more, being in missions, becoming a lay elder in our church that we were part of in Gresham, Oregon, for a number of years, that just really fanned into flame the desire to say, "Hey, I'm an elder. I'm a I'm a pastor, as it were, a lay pastor within the church." I, I want to do this all the time. <laughs> I have this nine to five job, and then I have uh, you know serving in the church, and I, I really would love to just devote uh, all of my energy to uh, serving God's people. Oh, that's an awesome story. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, we have a, a, a few more on here, and so Stacy Dixon asks this. This is a great question. How have primary issues become confused with secondary issues, and how does a new believer distinguish between the two? I love that question. I love it uh, for a few different reasons, but one of them is because it's usually framed a different way. You, usually people ask this question, how do we confuse secondary issues with primary? But Stacy went the other way. How do we confuse primary issues with secondary issues or, or tertiary issues, mm-hmm. you know, lesser important issues? Um, but I, I think I'll just answer it um, in general anyway, even though she asked specifically that way. I, I'd like to go both ways with that. Yeah, and you know, if you look back, there was a time in the church where a time in, in church history where, um, because of somebody's view on baptism, um, people were martyred by other mm. people who claimed to be Christians. You, you know, uh, so uh, there have been times where we have taken issues and we've made them ultimate. Mm. You know, as a and I think we do that all the time. I think we we tend to we we tend to not get the order right. Um, we, we tend to make, just as Stacy asks here, primary issues secondary and secondary issues primary. We push up secondary issues. Um, a really helpful resource on this, if I can get you to do some Googling, uh, would be Albert Moeller's Spiritual or Theological uh, Triage. It's, mm. a, it's a great article. It's, it's, uh, I think it's maybe 15 years old, um, but very, very good, very instructive and insightful. And his call, and I think would be my call too, uh, is, is is maturity to try to understand the difference between primary issues and secondary issues. So, uh, like, if you want some guiding principles, you, you know a primary issue by the emphasis that's given in the Word. You know, if the if the, if the Word of God treats it as a primary issue, like say the gospel, like mm-hmm. say uh, the the nature of Christ and His work, um, uh, the importance of faith. In, in, in the gospel, the importance of you know th- those kind of things. Uh, th- there's a lot of emphasis in the epistles, especially the Pauline epistles, on through. So you 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 can't you can't look at those things as secondary, right? Yeah. 
Uh, you have to see those things as primary. And, you know, as we're thinking about this, uh, just, just real briefly, I don't want to go on forever with this, but, um, you know, a primary issue is one of those issues where we would say, man, if we disagree on this, I, I'm not, I'm not going to treat you like a brother in Christ. Right. I'm, I'm going to treat you like somebody who's outside of the faith if we disagree on the nature and the person of the work of God and, and salvation, you know, Christ and, and those, those, those things. Uh, that's a primary issue. A secondary issue would be something that, um, man, we we disagree on. But I but I know you're a brother in Christ, and you know I'm a brother in Christ. Maybe we have a difficult time doing fellowship in the same place, like church together, because these issues would always come up, and we would always be sparring over them. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we can like have great fellowship at a distance, you know. But there's going to be a separation there because of this secondary issue that has come into play here uh, and the differences and, and lots of issues in the church today. Yeah. You, you mentioned Presbyterianism. Uh, the things that separate Baptists from Presbyterian, they're, they're secondary issues, yeah. but they're not insignificant. They're, they're real issues, and, and that's, that's why we're Baptists. You right. know? <laughs> so we do church differently, but we, we would acknowledge our Presbyterian brethren, and you wrote a great article for TGC about that very thing. Um, so... Uh, and then, and then there's tertiary issues like l- level three issues that um, you and I can disagree on, and just extend the right hand of fellowship in mm-hmm. every way, and have robust discussions, and enjoy those discussions, or even maybe get red faced once in a while, whatever. But same church, same place. You know, this is an issue that doesn't have to divide us. And I think a lot of Christians push that level of difference up to first. We entrench right. ourselves with pride, with wanting to be right, and we start thinking that this third level issue is primary and not to destroy us destroy our fellowship and if, you know even even so far as to say somebody's not a christian for not believing mm. the way that you believe and usually we use some sort of slippery slope argument to get there but anyway i was was it Moeller who came up with the four tiers of like the things you would die for the things you would uh divide over the things you debate and the things you just disagree upon i think there, I, i'm I, trying to remember who that maybe, was that I think that's more recent. There's or maybe a hill to a, die on. I, yeah. I forget who wrote that book. That was we, Kevin DeYoung. We offered that here. I, I forget the author, yeah. but that's it's a similar idea yeah. that the hill the hill to die on. I think Moeller has the three levels that okay. you know the the three levels, but maybe maybe he was written something else as well. Yeah, there's definitely the things. I mean, you know, if if, if something happened where someone put a gun in my head and said, you know, deny the divinity of Christ. Uh, my life is over on this in this world, you know. Uh, that's that's an issue I'm willing to die over. Um, but the you know we we divide over things such as uh, you know with our Presbyterian brothers things like you know cre- uh, covenantal baptism that they, they do for infants. Uh, there's there's maybe a time to divide over um, you know s- other other issues that are out there. Uh, the use the, of eschatology, use of eschatology, yeah. things like that. Uh, and of course, there's always silly things. I mean, did Adam, Adam have a belly button? I mean, you know, n- nobody's dividing over that. No. <laughs> See, I think he did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's for a future episode. Yeah, that's a future episode. We'll get red faced over that. <clears throat> Good question, Stacy. Thank you. Uh, again, I just encourage you to read that article by Moeller. It's on his website, and you can just find it by Googling Albert Moeller Theological Triage. Yeah. Excellent for all Christians to, to wrap our minds around this because we want to have fellowship around the things that we can have fellowship around. Let's uh probably... do we have do we have time for one more question? All right. Remember it was a it was a really important question cuz Susie Jones asked Susie Jones asked how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? Let me check my concordance for a verse on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, though. I do. Okay. Okay, so Purdue University did a study on this. Uh, your tax dollars at work, friends. And uh, they determined that on average, it takes 364 licks to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop. Uh, so How many? 364. Wow. So one, one one less than a full year. Right. If you one lick a day. So if you started on January second, make this your New Year's resolution. Get you a Tootsie Pop at Christmas, and uh, just one lick a day by by the end of the 2024, you would have gotten to the Tootsie Roll Center. Can I ask a follow up question? Yeah. Am I better off for knowing that? <laughs> uh. uh Probably not, but I'm sure you could maybe amuse your kids uh, in some capacity. Uh, you know, I don't know. I shall. I thought it was a good question. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Susie. Yeah, it, it, it's it's use of. Uh, I actually got that answer from Chat GPT uh, oh. AI. That's a that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> so, Mike, we're gonna wrap it up here. Any any final thoughts? Any final words that you want to add? Yeah, I just uh, want to encourage every listener, pursue sound faith. Like, it's, it's, it's your life. Amen. Yeah, again, we encourage you to be sound in faith and to live lives that adorn the gospel. Amen. For the Sound in Faith podcast, I'm Thomas Lawson. And I'm Pastor Mike Johnson. We'll talk to you next time.